of the brethren and the father and the son hallelujah father we thank you we bless your name thank you for your spirit that is resting upon us thank you for the stirrings of your spirit in our midst oh god thank you my father in the name of jesus hallelujah welcome to fellowship today god bless you thank you for coming those online we receive you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Before I hand over the microphone, I'm not the one preaching this afternoon, but I was chatting with Brother Chike yesterday and um, something struck me and we began to talk about fellowship and he said something that fellowship, he suddenly has realized the meaning of fellowship. We're talking about you know, uh, fellowship on the platform, on um, the preparing his bride, the different groups, okay, that it should be interactive, there should be fellowship. And, you know, that took us to First John, the book of First John chapter 1, I write unto you that you may have fellowship with one another. For our fellowship is with the Father, and with his son, Jesus Christ. Have fellowship with one another. Have fellowship with us. Praise God. So when we gather together, the purpose of our gathering together is not for demonstration. It's not for preaching ability. It is to display preaching ability. It's not to show off our new clothes, our new bags. Praise God. The purpose of it's not neither to show off our shoes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The purpose of our fellowship, the purpose of coming together is for fellowship. And as we just sat worshiping the Lord spontaneously this afternoon, and I thought that, okay, maybe we should just do something a bit spontaneous also. And let's drink from each other's wells briefly before the teaching comes. Praise the Lord. I think we've drunk a bit from Namdi's well, and um, that was good. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's a man of God you married right there. <laughs> Take care of him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a worshiper of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I just want someone to, you know, randomly just share with us what you've learned this week. If you've had any challenge, you applied God's word, how you overcame it. If you want to share that, if it's not private, um, what the Lord taught you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, 
Hallelujah. Because let me tell you what happened to me. Okay, so I, I, you know, we have like six or seven platforms on Lamb's Wife, right? I can't be on all of them and be active on all of them. It means I'll just be living on WhatsApp and be, on, be doing all the other many things that I do. But I decided to just be a bit active on one at a time. So I've been active on one and reading people's reports, people's understanding of scriptures, um, people's um, daily reports. Did they pray today? Personal prayer. Did they do personal prayer? Did they do corporate prayer? Did they study the word? You know, just reading through those things you know, kicked, kicked some things in me, you know, gingered me to be, do more. I was able to examine myself. I said, okay, where am I even lacking self? Do you understand what I'm saying? Praise God. So, you know, sharing with one another, we went deep into what fellowship is. Fellowship is koinonia. Okay, and that's the purpose of gathering. We've, missed, we've misplaced it to a place where you come, you bring your big car, you wear your big jewelry. I mean, it's okay to dress nice in the house of God, but that's not the purpose. Okay, where you meet, do uh, uh, your people's interactions are limited to interests, business interests. They, they, particularly when they go to big churches, right? They throw out their, you know, business cards. What do you do? Where do you work? That's not the purpose for fellowship. We've come to drink from each other as well. We've come to polish each other. We've come to strengthen each other. We've come to carry each other. Hallelujah. We, so you, you are supposed to live here. Not just because of what was preached, but because of the, you know, mingling of the spirit between us. Everyone is supposed to live stronger than they came. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, sweetheart, go ahead. No empty seat in front of you. Okay, I want to share a testimony. Um... I want to share a testimony. Um, something happened in the office last week. My colleague and the driver, our department driver, fought. And she was like, can you imagine what this man did to me? She was going to report me. I said, they must sack him. Anyways, so when we were now talking about it yesterday, they were now like, ah, what's she there when it happened? And they were like, oh, which she lay? That one. Uh, it's because she's Yoruba. She now said something that was a compliment to me. She was like, oh, that one that is a church girl, even if they do it to her, she will not even know it's bad. She, that one, the other one I said that, uh, she said that used to bend for people too much. You bend for people too much. I was like, so it was a compliment to me anyways. So um, in last week, something happened. I wanted to pursue a customer that I'd managed before. And the customer told their account officer on the mainland. The account officer said, ah, I will die. Before I give you this account. So my, my group was asking me over and over again, have you brought the customer? Have you brought the customer? So when I found out that, about it, I prayed. I was like, God, I don't want to contend for this thing. If this person does not want to let the customer go, then that's fine. So I was very happy because I could feel in my heart that I was not, you know, that spirit of just, I let it go. So at the end of the day, I just sat down. I was like, today has been a very frustrating day. And I said, let me just call this dormant account. Let me just call them. And, sorry, it's a gist, sorry. Let me just call this dormant account and see whether they even answer me. So I called this, this customer. This customer is, I can't, I can't pay my head to enter that office. 
The customer is such a big customer. But the account was dormant. So I was like, mm, let me just call them. Hello, sir. My name is Shile. Your account is dormant. Want to reactivate the account? The man said, come and see me tomorrow. Okay, sir. Then he called me back and he was like, ah, Madam, this one that you called me at this time. You called me at a very good time. I said, what happened? He said, they've given us a target to open accounts in all the banks in Nigeria. And I just went to get an account opening form from your bank. And I finished filling it. Sure, you will come tomorrow and come and pick the account opening form. I said, sir, what do you mean? Do you mean I should bring? He said, no, come and pick the account opening form. I said, I don't understand. He said, come and pick it. I finished filling it. I was like, what's going on? I entered the office of the man. I was touching the account opening form like, ah, this is real. <laughs> it's my account. I wrote my name on there. I was like, this is my account. I opened the account in three hours. All the accounts that they needed, everybody in the office needed to open an account. I disturbed everybody in that office. It was, I can't, I can't fight for that kind of account. I can never on my own. That door is too big. But God gave me an already filled account opening form. Hallelujah. You know, my husband and I were having a discussion day before yesterday night, and we're talking about the wealth, the wealth for the kingdom, and how believers should prosper and how they ought to prosper. And uh, he gave an example of how Abraham was on his own, and Abimelech went and touched his wife. So by the time they finally released Abimelech's wife, he was, Abraham was richer than when he met Abimelech. The same thing with Isaac. Abimelech, God, in fact, told Abimelech, you will die this night too. <laughs> Abimelech woke up and carried wealth and gave Isaac and said, please, just be going your way. You know what I'm saying? So, and we're like, all right. So, we know the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you. But we need to, build, we need to learn the practicality of how to be touched by Abimelech. So that we can get wealth without looking for it. You, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so, so that was Abimelech's, that was, that was Abimelech touching you by that other account that was resisted. So that's what I mean. Walking in the spirit, following the Lord, and then the result is this huge door that he opened to you by himself without you laboring for it without you sweating for it praise the lord hallelujah uh, that scripture that says seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you is true praise god now that doesn't mean that every everybody is prospering in that manner okay but our encouragement our instruction our teaching from this place is that is the manner by which prosperity should come to a believer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't want to go further than that. Okay, anyone else? Meanwhile, um, do we have a feedback from Joshua and a little boy in us? What's the feedback? They're stitching their hand today. All right. Can I share the testimony? No. Okay. No. All right. Any other, <laughs> anyone else that has something to say? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a testimony. Something you read from the scripture, something that stood out to you, or you want to sing a song, or you have a psalm, or you have a hymn. Great. Awesome.
Not necessarily. <laughs> so I think um, Mark, Mark. Okay. Okay. So I think um, today what stood out to me was Mark 12. Um, when Jesus, when the. When, the, um, when a scribe asked Jesus a question, and Jesus was like, oh, love God with all your heart, with all your strength, then the, the scribe was re replying that the duty of man is to love God with all his heart, with all his strength, and with all his understanding. So I know I've seen it a lot, so I'm like, I can love God with my understanding. You know, like loving God with my understanding, like using my love, like using my understanding to love God is a dimension I can walk in. And you know, in that scripture, he said that um, like the duty of this is to love your neighbor. You know, so I'm like, Jesus will be walking and the Pharisees will see him and they'll see his disciples eating with, that, with unclean hands. And they're like, you guys are breaking the law. You're breaking the Sabbath. And he says, if you understood that thing that said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You know that these guys are not breaking the law. That look at the life of David. So I was just looking at, how can I be in love with someone I don't understand? How can I be in a relationship with someone I don't understand? Initially, if I'm a child, in a, like a parent to a child relationship, if there's no understanding, it is permitted. You know, I, I can cry, I can, you know, but after a while, the parent, yes, it's very one-sided. But after a while, the parent will be designed understanding. That when they say yes, but they mean no, they expect you to catch it. When they say, oh, you can eat that food, <laughs> but they mean, if you eat that food, <laughs> and they are angry because they said, you know, just like when God told Balaam, like, we are going there, and Balaam too went, and he went, and, you know, so I'm like, okay, God, how can I love you with my understanding, you know, that's all. Praise the Lord. So, did you, did you, did God open it up to you? How can you love God with your understanding? So, what came to me was like the Mary and Martha situation. Seeking understanding. Jesus came to your house. I desire mercy rather than sacrifice. Martha was so enthralled by sacrifice. She wanted to sacrifice. While Mary sought understanding. She sat at his feet to listen. And Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says this. When you come to the house of God, do not be so quick to speak. Or make a vow. Just understand. So you don't walk in error. Like Jephthah was so quick to vow in, in a place in the Bible. And the vow is not what God wanted. It just, you know, and you know, Micah 6 also says, what do you think God wants? Do you think he wants a thousand cows and rivers of oil and this and this and this and this? He just wants you to love mercy and walk humbly before your God. So having that understanding of what God truly wants takes you seeking that understanding. Above all things, you seeking to understand more than anything. And knowing that God wants you to understand, you know, David would say, the thing I desire, that would, I will also seek that. I will just dwell in the house of the Lord and to listen to his teachings. So I think just, just making understanding the sacrifice. So when you get understanding, you'll be able to walk in a way that's pleasing to God and give him the sacrifice he truly wants. Giving him the sacrifice he truly wants is, is far better than sac that like, like just sacrifice, liar, yes, zeal without knowledge. The, you have zeal, but this zeal is not according to knowledge. So, for example, my wife, if I know she doesn't like, okay, there's no food I know you don't like, sir. But if she, if, she, if, she react, if she reacts badly to ice cream, and I love ice cream so much, but she doesn't like ice cream, and I keep buying her ice cream, 
and I carry the last savings in my account, go buy the biggest ice cream. I can boast on how I'm giving her the ice cream. But, I'm, but that's not what she wants. So I need to pay the, the, that, okay, what does she truly want? What does she truly like? It might be the ekpa that they sell that is 100 naira that she truly wants rather than my cold stone that is so expensive. So. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Serving God with understanding. Uh, if you've been paying attention to 6 a.m. watches, um, you would know that we've been laboring for understanding because um, for your work with God to be fully pleasing to him, you must grow in understanding. You must grow to discern, to know what is good and what is evil. Praise God. And learn to choose good above evil. And understand also that evil doesn't mean murder. Evil doesn't always mean fornication. Evil doesn't always mean adultery. Evil can just mean between choosing to drink water and choosing to eat bread <laughs> at a particular point in time. Okay, peculiar to you. Praise God. So our desire is to, to know him. Okay? We have been known by him. He knows us. But our labor now is to know him. That's why Paul cried that cry. That I may know him. Hallelujah. Know him. Know his will. Know his standards. Know his pleasure. Be able to not fall into a trap or a trickery. Praise God. And it's so easy. The lines are usually very thin. Hallelujah. All right, one more before I hand over. Praise God. One more. Anyone else? You want to share something that touched you during the week? Uh, Enfioc? So this week, something that has come come strongly to me is um, getting a deeper understanding of what our priesthood is, um, and understanding through the Bible that literally everything is um, about priesthood. We look at the Lord's Prayer, um, and in the Lord's Prayer, it says, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we understand that the will of God is already done in heaven and um, the responsibility of the will of God. The reason that each and every one of us is here is um, priesthood and the, one of the primary channels of that is prayer. And that is why Jesus would spend so much time, you know, in the early hours of the morning or late at night or go, with the, go to the mountains and spend time to pray and commune with the Father. And essentially what he was doing in those seasons are downloading the realities that have already been 
the realities that already exist in heaven upon the face of the earth. I think it's in Ephesians where it says that we all have been blessed with spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. So the blessings already exist in the heavenly places. The challenge is that what exists in the heaven sometimes doesn't seem to be synonymous with what is on the earth. And so that is why we have to labor to pull down those resources. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews, um, the Hebrews writer talks about faith and he gives examples. And the one that hits me so much is Abraham. Abraham had communed with God to the point that he saw a city in heaven and he began and continued to labor for that city, that he was not interested in laying permanent structures upon the face of the earth. He was looking for the city whose builder and maker is God. And looking for was not searching. It was trying to make it happen, trying to pull down. I think it's in the TPT, either verse 35 or 36. There was a season that we were praying with that version, and it says that people had pulled down armies or pulled armies from another realm into this realm. We see that with Isaiah, um, Elisha or Elijah asking God to open the eyes of his servants. So essentially what I'm saying is that um, uh, we, we have to give ourselves to um, our priesthood and pull down the realities and the blessings that already exist in the heavenly places and put them upon the face of the earth. Why we see evil prospering in, in the land is that people exercising their priesthood. It's a spiritual realm and regardless, you, you can access that realm in Christ or you can access it with demonic ways. And it seems like those that are accessing it via demonic means are accessing and pulling down their own realities or imposing their realities upon the earth. And so um, for the will of God to be done upon the earth, his priests must give themselves completely and pull down the realities that he has revealed to them and the realities that are stated in the word of God. So it was just a wake-up call for me to just... So when we say, let us pray now, I'm not just opening my mouth to pray and just say words. We need to pull something down. There needs to be... If we need to see something. When we are asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, we, we need, we're asking for our eyes to be open and our hearts to truly see what the will of engaging to pull down a reality till we and we don't stop till it is done and so in our 6 a.m and sorry in our 7 a.m prayers when we are praying for nigeria and the elections and all of that we must get ourselves to see what the will of god is and what it is not until we have you know till it has crystallized in our minds then we begin to pull it down and stay on it in fastings and everything till that reality comes down. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a deep one. Hallelujah. Priesthood. If your is uh, consistent um, on, uh, during what for now, what for now is where the priesthood is hammered on very hardly. Either my husband is preaching or Francis Jr. is preaching. And the focus of that platform is to establish us in our priesthood. Praise God. Uh, before I hand over, let me just... Today I was, I was on cooking and I went upstairs to just catch a bit of breath. 
I thought I would even sleep for about 30 minutes, but I wandered into YouTube. And um, when I'm in YouTube, I'm, I'm either listening, most of the time I'm listening to the word, or I do a bit of politics, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm interested in politics of this season. Politics of this season. Um, because I see that the politics of this season somehow is tied there's a wind of God. There's a program of God and a program of Satan. There's a bit of a wrestle. We see what is happening in Israel. Uh, asked her a question or was encouraging her. And he was saying that, please, she should help. She should help. Sorry, can we take out this painting? We're not able to see. Is it possible, should we? Or we shouldn't? To see those who are sitting. Okay, the whole stand, right? Okay, because they are blocked from view. And um, so the woman, the, the man was like, please, that he's, he's, she asked him, are you a media? Are you in the media? He, the guy said, no. He said, so who are you? He said, I'm a father and I'm a grandfather. And I am deeply concerned about my grandchildren. Please, what can you do to help us? I am worried about my grandchildren. And as I listened to him and listened to her response, I just started weeping. I cried so hard. I cried for like the next 10, 15 minutes. I just began to weep. And I'm like, what hope do we have to get the seed of the righteous? You know, what? how are we going to save? How are we going to bring salvation? How are we going to overcome this thing? Children being taught sexual things at age three. That's what the man is concerned about. Uh, um, um, girl sports are no longer girl sports because boys that have, um, who claim to be girls, are now enrolling in female basketball with, with girls and enrolling in different sports with girls and running heats with girls. And all the boys are winning. Who claim to be girls? You know, and um, boys are entering girls' bathrooms claiming that they are female. Now, these are... Where, and Sorry? And getting them pregnant. You know, and all kinds of things are going on. You know, and I just saw Jesus looked at the field and he said, the field is white with harvests, but the laborers are few. You know, and um, so I just, after crying for a while, I said, praying in talks. I said, okay, what do I do now? Should I send a chat? No. I said, chat is not going to help. Let me just release spirit. So I started praying in tongues. I said, Father, just take this thing to where it is needed right now. Just take it to where it's needed right now. That's priesthood. We must understand what is going on. And at any point, you can't be living on this earth now and you are just living for your bedroom your living room, and do you understand what I'm saying? We must be able to see what is happening in our atmosphere, see what is happening in our environment, and ask God, what is my own portion? What is my own role? What should I do here? Don't look at something and just close it. Oh, I have found out that God answers prayers. Okay. I have found out that God, God doesn't answer the prayer that was not prayed to him. So somebody can be in this cave that you can pray for two hours. You haven't prayed to God. Why? Your heart is not focused on him. You're not praying to him. You're just praying. You're just ranting away in tongues. But I found out that any prayer prayed with God 
You stand before God and you talk to God. He answers that prayer. Hallelujah. All right, praise the Lord. I want to hand over to my husband for the continuation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have Pastor Dele in our midst today. <laughs> uh, um, we couldn't bring him for the conference. But after a while, I just see there are some things that there are some things that are important for the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. So when that time comes, it just makes sense to do what is needful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Something bothers me um, in the body. If you know me, um, I... I might not look like somebody who loves people, but I actually love people. I love God's people. You understand? I love God's people. So it bothers me when I see um, the what what we are missing or what the church or the people of God is lacking. Okay? God's people lack things they don't even know they lack. One thing that is missing in church is lineage. Do you understand? Hereditary. Do you understand? Line, inheritance. Did you hear? And it's because of, I perceive, because of the influence of Babylon in the church. You know, people don't know that Babylon is inside the church. You get? Babylon has fully entrenched herself inside the church. Praise God. I mean, when the Revelation, when the book of Revelation is talking about uh, the Jezebel, that I've warned her to repent of her sins. <laughs> and it's talking about the church. You think it's a joke? Praise God. Listen, if you look at Ecclesiastes, I'll just talk about this. It's, Ecclesiastes tells us that uh, there's nothing that is new under the sun. He says, is there anything that they will say is new? He says, it's been done before. So it's in circles. Season after season. Okay? But as a priest and as a child of God, you should be wise enough to look and know who you are, where you come from. It's important that the you know the book that we don't like to read? Book of Genealogy. You know we don't like it? What did you say? Uh, 
especially the book of I don't like fans. Especially the book of genealogies, you understand? When it talks about, see, it's important because it is through genealogy that you're able to know who is the Christ. You understand that? One thing is that he must be the son of Abraham. That's one. Two, he must be the son of David. Okay? And three, he must be the son of the woman. Did you hear what I just said? He must be the seed of the woman. Not the seed of the man. I know you won't agree with me. People quarrel with me for saying that. But that's where your faith and that's where your life and that's where your, your everything hangs upon. That Yeshua is the seed of the woman. So it's important for you to be able to trace and track the genealogy of Yeshua to the woman. I was speaking with uh, my wife a few days ago. I spoke with Pastor Daly a few minutes ago. Young people don't realize that there is a major military operation against them, against their generation. And Satan has succeeded in cutting you off from your home where you, you know, your cradle, where you were born and where you are raised. And he cut you off from your family and gave you another family, family of people who don't know you. Do you understand? who did not carry you in their womb. Did you hear? They didn't carry you in their womb. They didn't nurture you. They're not even paying your school fees. But you trust them more than those who carried you in the womb and who nurtured you. You see these as your enemy and you see those as your family. So you're able to share secrets and you're able to, you know, relate with them more. And you feel at home with them more. But you don't know that someone has restructured the family unit, you understand, for the purpose of owning you to himself. Like Ephesians chapter 2 will say that in time past we were... Uh, we walked after the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that walks in the sons of disobedience. So it means that the purpose of taking you out of your cradle, taking you out of that line, is to give you, uh, you know, pluck you out and plug you into another heredit, uh, another lineage where it's easy for his. Um, 
his nature, the nature of disobedience, to come to you without any hindrance, without anybody correcting you, without anybody worried about you, without anyone worried that you have uh, uh, missed it and is so pained and, and is, you know, rather you prefer those who cheer you up and say, yeah, 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 just move in this way. This way of destruction. That's the end thing. Are we together, please? My plea today, my prayers, is that the young ones that like encounters, that like to hear new things, to understand that the forces that you are fighting against or that is fighting against you have their lineage intact and they, they are able to transfer the powers of the dark priests that ruled and governed through the ages. They are able to find access. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now you, you don't have any foundation. You don't have any heritage. You don't know who the heroes of faith are. You don't know the labors of those who came before you. You don't even care how much, how they died. Hebrews chapter 11 tells you, Hebrews chapter 12 tells you that also. Witnesses. You understand that? So you should be able to know who your father is. You should be able to, you should also be able to know that you, Abraham is your father. Okay? And don't just say, Abraham's blessings are mine. And say, Abraham, what did he know? What did God give to him? Give to him. What is it that makes you connected to Yeshua? Um, you don't know that? If you be Christ, then are you Abraham according to what? The promise. So there was a promise. And you can't get that promise if you are not connected to Abraham. Dominion here on earth without connection to Abraham. Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. That's your father. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I beg you, your spirit genealogy, trace it. Know who, your, who the fathers are. You understand? The fathers of faith. Those who labored. Are you getting what I'm saying? The fathers who were there, who made mistakes. Okay? Learn from their mistakes. Do you get So that you don't fall into this mistake. Don't speak against the fathers. They don't. Trace your genealogy. Stories who came before you. I see some, many of these research companies, 28-year-old girls, and they are not ugly. They don't look, walk like this. They look very young. 
And I wonder, how did she read the research of scientists before her? All those who discovered different kinds of things, 